Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for your overwhelming love for us. Thank you that you make all things new, and for all of us who trust and follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you are actively making us new. Lord, we have been forgiven of our sins. We have been cleansed of our unrighteousness. And Lord, you tell us in your word that you are sanctifying us. You're making us holy. You're making us more like Jesus. So now as we turn to your word, we pray that by your Holy Spirit who is in this place that you would continue to transform us by the renewing of our minds so that when we leave this experience, we leave different, more like Jesus. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. What could possibly compel a person to abandon everything he had been working to become in an instant? To go on a totally different path in his life? We're going to see that happen today as we look at the story of Saul of Tarsus. You know him better as the Apostle Paul. Saul was born to a phenomenal family. He came from a great lineage. In fact, the very first king of the Hebrew people came from his same line. He had a good family. He had a great education. He studied under the, one of the best teachers around, under Gamaliel, and he, he was raised up. He had all the opportunities that anyone could have, and he had the opportunity to be around important people. And as he grew, his influence likewise started to grow. His voice was starting to be heard among those who led in not only what was his religion, but what was his life. People were starting to listen to him. He wasn't just a kid anymore. His voice was joining in with those of authority and power and consequence. The things that he said mattered. The things that he did mattered. And then one day... On his way to Damascus to not only capture those who would turn away from Judaism to follow this new way, this new sect, this new teacher named Jesus, on his way to Damascus, he met Jesus, and Jesus changed everything for him. So what could compel a person to abandon everything he'd ever known, everything he'd ever worked to become, everything he'd ever wanted to be, and to do so in an instant? Jesus. He did that in the life of Saul of Tarsus. And truth be told, he's done that for all of us who trust and follow Jesus Christ as Lord. Jesus got in our way while we were trying to do our own thing, and he transformed us, and he transforms us still. So today we're going to look at the story of Saul of Tarsus, and we're going to see if you're taking notes, this theme, Saul decided to follow Jesus, and his life was transformed. Now, the story of Saul's conversion is recorded first in Acts chapter 9. That's the actual historical record, but that's not where we're going today, because Paul shares his testimony a couple of times in the book of Acts. And so I want to invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. We're going to look first at verses 4 through 23. If you're in the room in the Red Pew Bible in front of you, that is page 935. 
So we're going to Acts chapter 26, and this is what's going on. Paul is done with his three missionary journeys now. He's come back to Jerusalem, and he's been arrested at Jerusalem. He's then been shipped off to Caesarea Maritima. Some of you have been there. This great coastal city where Herod had built an amazing port and an amazing hippodrome and an amazing amphitheater, and just he had one of his homes there, Herod did. And so just a phenomenal place you can still visit today, and you can see the ruins of what Herod built there two millennia ago. But Paul spent two years at Caesarea Maritima, and he had appealed unto Caesar because he was a Roman citizen. I told you he was born into a good family. He received his Roman citizenship by birth, and so he appealed to Caesar. He's been in Caesarea for two years, and the king, Agrippa, has come. And Paul shares his testimony with Agrippa. And he does so as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. But I want you to listen to his story as he tells it many years after the road to Damascus experience happened. Luke records this as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit saying this, verse 4, My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities." In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying, both the small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, 
that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Our first point this morning is this. Saul followed Jesus to a new allegiance. Saul followed Jesus to a new allegiance. Saul's allegiance had previously been to his faith, to the Hebrew nation, to the Jewish faith, specifically to the party of the Pharisees, and he fought for it. He wasn't just a nominal believer, no. He was somebody who was invested, and he was a part not only of seeking to lead all of it, but seeking to silence those who would speak against it. See, for anybody to say that the Messiah had come in Jesus, if it weren't true, it would be blasphemy. And the Bible gives us in Leviticus 24, 16, the cost of blasphemy, the penalty. It says, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. So do you remember what happened to Stephen? They stoned him to death. Why did they stone him to death? Because he was proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. He proclaimed even as he died that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. They were stoning him to death because if it weren't true, that's exactly what it deserved. But it was true. Well, Paul had joined in those who were zealous for defending the faith, and he was going to capture those who would blaspheme by affirming that Jesus was the Messiah that he was God in flesh to dwell among us. And then Jesus showed up, and he changed everything about Saul's allegiance. This one who had grown up being educated by one of the premier rabbis of the day, this one who had grown up among the Pharisees, this one who had grown up close to the Sanhedrin, this one who had grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth, had an encounter with Jesus, And his allegiance changed in an instant. Now, all of a sudden, he is proclaiming what he was formerly trying to destroy. What was happening when God sent Jesus was not that he was negating Judaism. That wasn't it. He wasn't sending Jesus to come and form a new world religion. But he was sending Jesus as the promise of the Jewish faith. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to the tribes and to Moses and on down through the line. Jesus is the king who would reign on the throne of his father David forevermore. So this is not some new religion. This is the fulfillment of God's promises. The Bible says that all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. And once he encountered Jesus... Saul of Tarsus learned that Jesus was the fulfillment of every prophecy God had ever made. Jesus was the fulfillment of every promise God had ever made. This promise that God had made to Abraham, this promise that God had reaffirmed in Moses, this promise that God had given to his people was coming to pass, and it was coming to pass through Jesus. And that changed Saul's allegiance. Instead of persecuting the way, he was now promoting the way. Instead of seeking to silence those who would pronounce the name of Jesus and his glory, Saul was now a mouthpiece. Well, turn with me 
to Philippians chapter 3. If you're in the Pew Bible, that's page 981. So Philippians chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 2 through 11. And really, honestly, I'm just going to highlight a couple of verses within there. Really, verses 4 through 7. But I want you to see that entire passage, and I want you to reference that entire passage. Maybe go back and read over it, because it's Paul telling his own story. But look with me at Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. Paul's talking about who he used to be. This is what he says. He said, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Our second point today is this. Saul followed Jesus to a new identity. Saul followed Jesus to a new identity. Now, this is where our story and Saul's kind of might diverge in our minds because for many of us, our faith is something that is kind of past tense and we hope future tense and present, mm, it, it's fine, it's part of me. You know, I was baptized when I was nine, and, and you know, whenever I was at Grandma's house, I had to go to VBS and Sunday school, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I would consider myself a Christian. That's how a lot of us share our testimony. Well, we don't share that, but we believe that, right? That's, 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 that's the journey of our faith, and that was not the case for Saul. Saul did not have a casual relationship with God. Saul did not have a casual relationship with his faith. No, this was the essence of who he was. His parents circumcised him on the eighth day because that's what you're supposed to do. He was raised in the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. What does that mean? He was who's who among the Hebrews. He did it right because it mattered to him, because it wasn't just what he did. Listen, it's who he was. That was his faith to him. It was his identity. It was his ethnic identity. It was his family tree, his political party, his daily activity, his pride and joy. So for him to leave that was not just to leave an allegiance, but it was to assume a new identity. He was taking on a whole new identity now as a follower of Jesus. And he said this to the church at Philippi, I consider all that stuff for which I strived for all those years rubbish. I'll take Christ, he said, over all that because Christ is greater. Christ is greater than my pedigree. Christ is greater than my family tree. Christ is greater than my lineage. Christ is greater than my accomplishments. Christ is greater than my education. Christ is greater than my money. Christ is greater than my name. Christ is greater than all of it. I consider all of that rubbish in comparison to Christ. So when Saul decided to follow Jesus, he was embracing a new identity one rooted and established in Jesus Christ, his Lord. You know, interestingly, in Acts chapter 13, we learn that Saul started to be called Paul. Now, that wasn't this seismic shift where God changed his name. Saul was more of a Hebrew name. Paul was more of a Roman name. Paul was going to minister to the Gentiles, so it made sense that he became known as Paul. This wasn't some seismic shift, but I do think it's interesting that Saul of Tarsus is known widely as the Apostle Paul indicating, at least to me, maybe to you, 
And he's not who he used to be anymore. He's got a new identity, and with that came a new mission. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. Just flip back a couple pages to page 972. Galatians chapter 1, I've, I've highlighted verses 11 through 24, but let me read to you verses 13 through 16, and then we'll look at verses 23 and 24. Paul is writing to the churches of Galatia. He said, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Now skip down to verse 23. They only were hearing of it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. Our third point, Paul followed Jesus to a new mission. Paul followed Jesus to a new mission. He realized that his life's goal was now to bring as many people with him to Jesus as he possibly could. Now, he couldn't save anybody, and neither can I, and neither can you. That's between them and God. But our job is to tell the story, to be the delivery service, if you will, whatever your favorite one is, whether it's the U.S. Mail or FedEx or UPS or whatever else. You know, we carry the package of the gospel, and we deliver it to everybody so that anybody Whosoever believeth in Jesus might be saved, and they might join us in glory. Paul had a new mission, and he embraced that mission. No longer was he a defender of a dead faith. He was a proponent of a living faith, a faith in Jesus Christ who had conquered death by rising from the grave. He had a new mission, and he embraced it. But that wasn't all that he had. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. In the Pew Bible, that's page 996. Go to the right. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In his last letter to Timothy, whom he called his son in the faith, Paul wrote this in verses 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Our fourth and final point, Paul followed Jesus to a new eternity. Paul followed Jesus to a new eternity. What would compel somebody to abandon the life he was trying to build throughout the course of his life, to go in a different direction, not only to have a new allegiance, but to have a new identity, to embrace a new mission that would take him all the way to Rome, and to embrace a new eternity that would promise him life after his execution in Rome? What would do that? Well, it's not a what. 
It's a who. And his name is Jesus. And when you have a real encounter with Jesus Christ, nothing stays the same. He continues to grow us to become more like him throughout our lives. And maybe that means stepping into the waters of baptism, just like Bobby Page did today. But whatever it means, it means we'll trust him enough to actually follow him, just like Paul did. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.